I made it to episode 20. Damn. That's a pretty good accomplishment. Hello. Thanks for tuning in to Keys to Gems podcast. This is your host, Lone Hoso. As a reminder, the content of this podcast may cause you to feel strong emotions as no topic is off limits. Now, with that said, keep in mind that the purpose of this podcast is to critically think about our thinking to make our thinking better. With that said, let's get to it. All right, all right. So we're going to get this episode 20. So thankful to make it this far. Uh, Get this housekeeping on and popping. So... As of the time of this recording, it is the 14th of October. Early voting has started here in Texas and in many places across the U.S. I mention early voting because it's important. Do not wait to the last minute. Now, don't feel rushed just to do it. Don't go out there and just, you know, vote for anybody. I want people to be educated, make wise choices. But if you are registered to vote, and you plan on voting, and your state actually has early voting, which many states do, please take advantage of it so you can beat the rush. Now, you may have seen some news coverages uh, that have been broadcast stating that there were long lines. Yeah, that's true. Turnout is super high. In fact, uh, NBC had uh, a report on... Yesterday, I think it was, that about 12 million voters have already cast their ballot. Now, that's not saying for or against any any party or for or against any um, political figure. It's just that 12 million people approximately had voted. And that's way up from this time in 2016. So, please, take the time, educate yourself. If you are registered and you are so inclined to raise your voice in this democracy, do so. Also, if you're not doing the early voting or the voting in person on election day, but are choosing to vote absentee or mail-in ballot, please make sure you double and triple check every single step that they give you to take to make sure that your ballot is counted and get your vote in. Make your voice heard. Voting is important. Yes, people have died. No, I'm not telling you to vote for more or for one person over the other. I'm just saying that is if you want change, if you want to see things happen that are are not or is not currently happening or are not currently happening around you, depending on the amount of things, then you got to vote. Your voice absolutely matters. And I'm not beating a dead horse, and I realize I'm saying this a long or making this really long winded. Deal with it. It's it's important. Please get out and vote. And if you like I said, the November third election is coming up. It will not be delayed. Uh, no matter what an orange individual says, it is by law the first Tuesday in November. That is literally the law. And I already said it why in the past episode. Anyway, please vote. With that said, let's get to the topics.
The first topic that we're gonna go ahead and jump into with two feet, as Shannon Sharp would say, is the confirmation hearings of Judge Amy Coney Barrett. She's been put forth as a nominee for to fill the seat of the now deceased late great Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. The Amy Barrett SCOTUS nomination has highlighted many things that conservatives get warm and fuzzy, uh, warm and fuzzy feelings over. Repealing the Affordable Care Act, commonly known as Obamacare. That's one. Uh, many may remember when the late Senator McCain cast a no vote and ended the, ended, it wasn't their 75th, but they tried to repeal it over 75 times and have failed. Anyway, oh yeah, it's still a pandemic going on. But the repealing of the Affordable Care Act, aka Obamacare, as well as a historical case that was Roe v. Wade, which has to do with reproductive rights for ladies and being able to control basically what goes on with your body medically. It is really, and I stress really, odd to me that many women still think they should allow anyone to tell them what to do with their body. Okay, see, here's the thing. No means no for engaging in sexual activities. Ladies, if you go to the doctor or dentist, you literally have to give consent for every exam you get. Some consider abortion murder. As I stated in an earlier podcast, when, I, when it comes to taking care of kids, those same conservatives that consider abortion murder, the assistance for feeding, housing, educating, and basically just generally taking care of those kids after they're born is basically fuck those kids. And they take away the programs and the funding for those programs that help that happen. So if you get pregnant, no matter the circumstance, the pregnancy should just be brought to term. Now, having help getting taken care of that kid, if you got a dirtbag father that doesn't want to be around or if you have, you know, forbid a, a, a sexual assault that impregnates you, you still have to bring that to terms. I just don't get it. I don't get how the government sees. I, I understand, but it doesn't make logical sense to me. Anyway, frequent listeners of the podcast know I don't like repeating myself, but this bears repeating. If you don't believe that abortions are okay, don't get one. It's that simple. And if you say, well, we should be fighting for every woman should believe this. Okay, well, just ignore them like you ignore all the hundreds of thousands of kids that are in the foster system. Just ignore it. It'll be fine. If you don't believe they're okay, if you don't believe abortions are okay, if you don't believe women should have rights to control their body, that's really what it comes down to. And again, I... I'm very aware that I am a guy discussing this. So I'm not saying that we men, which by the way is mostly men in Congress and in the governments that are saying, hey, y'all ladies, you do what we say. That's a problem in itself. That's a whole nother discussion that I've already had. It just doesn't make sense. 
Furthermore, if you feel healthcare isn't a necessity for all, <laughs> believe that. But for the rest of us, life gives us plenty of choices, and those choices and the ability to choose is something that is worth protecting. Obviously, this protection most often comes down to how votes turn out. That's just the way democracy works. Which, by the way, thank you all for all the postings I've seen for people voting early and actually getting out, taking people to vote and taking family members to vote. That's really like uplifting to see. You know, vote early, be the rush for November 3rd. Anyway, back to Mrs. Barrett and her confirmation. Her selection by 45 is not surprising, really. Many know that Mitch McConnell pulled the hypocritical move. Like, if they should put a picture of him next to hypocrisy or hypocritical in the dictionary, it was just after he did what he did to President Obama's selection, Merrick Garland, this hearing is a spotlight or providing a spotlight on how our country holds on to certain ways of thinking. Speaking of thinking, isn't it odd that so many believe that the right to choose is up for the debate, but the right to take care of yourself is medically bad? Is that not ironic to anyone else besides me? That's like you're saying you want the right to choose or you want the right to life, but you don't want them to have health care? That Anyway, all right. Attached, <laughs> attached to this SCOTUS nomination is the talking point some media outlets are discussing, which is very fucking annoying. And that idea is of packing the court. Here's the deal, folks. For context, I feel it's important to provide the constitutional guidelines for the Supreme Court and its makeup. This can be found in Article 3. This article has three sections. But the first section is what we need to discuss. And not it's not even really a discussion so much as just state what it says, because it's pretty clear. So, Article 3, Section 1 states, The judicial power of the United States shall be vested in one Supreme Court, and in such inferior courts as Congress may from time to time ordain and establish. The judges both of the Supreme Court and inferior courts shall hold their offices during good behavior and shall, as stated times, receive for their services a compensation which shall not be diminished during their continuance in office. Notice this section. It doesn't say that there are five judges, six judges, seven or eight, liberal or Democrat. It just says that they're judges. The amount of judges has changed over time. And the fact that there is actually a number now, like nine, that was done by law. It wasn't done by the Constitution. So that notwithstanding, though, my point is we need to highlight that packing a court is not really a thing that happens by a president. It's something that would happen more so by Congress. How does that work out? So if it's a supermajority, because that's what probably would be needed, in the Senate and the House, they could pass a law that says, for example, we want 15 judges on the Supreme Court now. 
Well, in that time, we still would have to, one, get the law passed, which plenty of people in the states would have in all the 50 states would be sounding off about that. Like, hold on, guy, what you doing? That's that's a little bit too much. It's not a tribunal. <laughs> it's just a court. It's not like getting voted off the island. <laughs> but that's not something that is going, it, that just doesn't happen that way. We have had Democratic and Republican presidents that have elected justices, or selected, I should say, justices. But the idea of packing the court is absurd. Now, something else that might have stood out to some people is the fact that they don't discuss the term in that article of the Constitution. Again, Article 1, Congress. Article 2, President and it's in the President's powers. Article 3, Supreme Court or the courts, Supreme Court and inferior courts. That lifetime term, not in the Constitution. So all this stuff, all the talk, the spin that likes to be discussed and people panic over, you have to, or you, I would suggest looking at it through the lens of what does the actual law say? The law only allows for nine justices. If Ms. Mrs. Barrett gets confirmed, which it would take a severe standing up of the U.S. population saying, stop doing this mess. Let us vote because we're already voting. Like early voting's already started. So let us vote and let Biden pick if he wins. And if 45 wins, then, you know, let his pick go forth. But I don't think that's going to happen. So very likely, Judge Barrett is going to be on the Supreme Court. Something I want you to keep in mind, as important as it is to engage in democracy, it is also important to understand how the Supreme Court affects our lives. It wasn't that long ago that gay people earned the right to get married. I mean, they bleed the same, they pay taxes, they love and hate just like we love and hate, like heterosexuals love and hate, but they couldn't get married which means that their spouses or their loved ones weren't entitled to certain things like property if one of them passed away or benefits, health benefits, like when you're married, a traditional marriage, your spouse would may be able to be on your health care because you guys are married. That just happened a couple of years ago, not that long ago. In fact, it was recently in the news. It was still legal to prevent interracial marriages. All this stuff came from the court saying, hey, lawmakers, you need to unfuck this situation. But since you all didn't want to, we're going to do it for you. And then something that I mentioned with the ACA, or more commonly known by many as Obamacare. It's a case that's going before the court November 10th, I believe. A week after election day. So, while we're in a pandemic, the court's going to hear whether or not a major portion of the Affordable Care Act gets struck, struck down, which basically means it's basically null and void. That's why the Supreme Court matters. In democracy, it's, or in our democracy, it's three co-equal branches of government. 
But when the court decides to wield its power, it's something to see. In fact, <laughs> there's a you have to submit a cert to actually get a case before the Supreme Court. And that's how you get your decisions and your dissents. But they have what's called a shadow docket, which gets which is the court ruling on and it doesn't give a decision, doesn't give reasoning. So it just says this is OK. This is not an exponential amount of cases gets ruled on that way in the shadow docket. And people don't really pay attention to it. What does that mean? Certain things can happen that affect our lives, like healthcare. But those type of things can be seriously affected by the courts. So pay attention. While Judge Barron might be on the court, that doesn't mean that that's it, that's a wrap. But pay attention to what goes on. Watch what they do. Not just who they are. Not just who nominates them. Their actions. They make a story all on themselves. Let's go ahead and jump to the second topic. For the second topic, I want to talk about something that, or I am about to talk about something that is related to the Supreme Court because it's interesting. And that is the stimulus. Now, most people are aware of the benefits of the stimulus in some way, shape, or form, whether it was from the $1,200 check that many people got. And I can't say everybody because people that were behind on child support or people in jail, they didn't get it, so they couldn't get put on it. They couldn't get that money put on their books. But a judge just ruled on that, by the way. People in jail will be getting their money. Allegedly. How long it's going to take? Don't know. But anyway, the stimulus. So while the Senate, who has the advisor consent role, they're holding the hearing for Judge Barrett and asking her softball questions and allowing her to not answer questions. Basic questions like, do you believe smoking causes cancer? She gets to give answers like, well, on the side of every pack of cigarettes, they warn that it could cause cancer. Just a yes or no. Like, do you believe smoking causes cancer? That's not a, a controversial topic. But she got to give answers like that. But people see this and they may not realize that the Senate is not really in session. What does that mean for us? Well, the stimulus that many people need in our country, businesses to from, or I should say from businesses all the way down to personal um, needs, it's being affected because they're not in section. While the House of Representatives has the ability to vote virtually, the Senate does not. And though the House of Representatives passed a, an additional stimulus bill back in May, I believe, at the end of it, middle to end of May, and another bill or two since then that would have helped people, the Senate didn't even bring it to the floor. Now they have time to, gotta say this, fairly. They have time to do the advisory consent role. That technically is their job. But you would think that they would be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. That means that instead of waiting until Monday 
when they're going to hold a procedural vote on some stimulus crap that Mitch McConnell knows is not going to pass because he already has 20 senators in his own caucus, the Republicans, that will not vote for it. And the Democrats are likely going to not vote for it. But they get to they have time to confirm this judge and make her justice, which gives her a lifetime appointment to the Supreme Court. So we're going to look out for this one person and give her lifetime, a lifetime worth of paycheck, lifetime worth of power and a lifetime worth of influence on each of our lives. But the citizenry that makes up the people that go to the voting booths, we're kind of left out in the cold. I don't know if that's wrong, but it sure doesn't feel like it's right. So why do I say this? It's very simple. You have the power, if you're listening to this, to call your senator. And I'm not asking you to drown the, the phone banks and make it so nobody can get through. What I am saying, though, that the whole walking and chewing gum thing, while there have a few senators at a time and having half hour questioning sessions, people are still in need. Food lines are still a thing. Shelters are still a thing. Food scarcity and, and hunger issues are still a thing in our country. And it's becoming actually more prevalent. What is a hunger issue? People don't have reliable access to food. And that could be because the job that they had, they don't have anymore. Or they just don't have the funds. And they're deciding, do I stay in my home, pay rent, or do I buy food? Sometimes it's, do I pay for this medication or do I buy food? That's a shit situation for anybody to be in. And no, it's not something that it can be resolved easily, but every single voice speaking up to help them get in gear, that makes a difference. So call your senator because those are the people that's holding it up. Again, the House passed a bill, a couple of bills, since this pandemic thing kicked off, besides the first one, they passed bills that will allow the government to actually step in since they didn't want to manage it properly. And you can place that at 45 if you want to. That's not, the, that's not this discussion. But since they didn't manage it properly, they have to help the citizens. We are actually their bosses. Let me say it again for you, just in case I wasn't clear. Let me cut out the music. Hold on. We are actually their bosses. All right, let me clap back on the music. That means that we tell them, hey, this need is very much present and we need help. The people in our communities, the people that vote for you, the people that pay your salaries, literally, they don't make them rich necessarily. The backdoor deals and all that good stuff make them rich in the legal insider trading. That's a whole nother discussion though. But they are our employees. We need to get in their ass. And I'm saying it that way because it's important. Too many people are hurting. Some people may say, well, unemployment is actually going down. Okay, that's true, but that's not the complete picture. The unemployment number is going down means that some people went back to work. 
They weren't permanently furloughed. They weren't fired or laid off, permanently laid off. So it's not quite good yet. It's not still not great. It's still a lot of people. And if you think about it, where 7.4% is the last number I saw, 7% of 300 million people, and it's actually not even 300 million, because everybody now, every of 330 million people in the country, all of them not working, and all of them aren't working age. So it's actually less than that. Those are millions of people without work doing whatever they can to survive. But our senators that we employ, that we elected, have time to confirm Judge Barrett. I think they have time to do more than that. We should ensure that they understand the urgency of the moment that we're in. We should ensure that they understand that the people that employ them, that pay their salary, that are struggling to survive, understand how bad it, or make them understand how bad it is. Now, it doesn't mean it's they're gonna do what's right. And I, I have this discussion many times with many different associates and friends. It's not a right or wrong thing, like morally. It's that's your fucking job. It's like you go to a gas station or go to get your oil changed, you expect them to change your oil. You don't go to an oil change place and expect them to just look at your car. Like, okay, cool, you brought your car here. Yeah, we're just going to go ahead and sit in the office. Even though I know what you're here for, I know what the sign says, but we just go chill. That's not what happens. That's not what should happen. And the only way we can make sure that it doesn't is if we engage them. And I mean engage thoroughly. So make sure that in the moments that you have, because you have a few moments, it just takes a quick Google. If you're, for, exa for example, Senator Cruz, Senator Cornyn, Cornyn's up for election, hopefully he gets beat. Just go ahead and Google their numbers. That's just for Texas, by the way. So Google your own state. <laughs> Google your own state, Senator. But call them. Say, hey, idiot. No, that's wrong. <laughs> Let me be nice. Hey, fucktart. Wow, my language. I got really got it. <sighs> okay. Sir, madam, we need help out here. There we go. That's the official way to do it. That's the office, polite office way without getting HR involved. It's important, y'all. I'm going to get off my little soapbox with that one. I only got one more thing for you this episode, and I'm going to get to it right now. Earlier this year, we experienced, people that are sports fans, experienced a loss. It was the death of Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gigi, and seven other people that died in a helicopter crash. The Los Angeles Lakers won the pandemic, <laughs> pandemic uh, bubble NBA championship this week. It... It hit me a little bit more than I thought it would. And here's why. One, as many things that have been taken away from many of us this pandemic, it was a piece of normal. 
I don't know when we'll ever go back to normal. I I can't say that we won't. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer and, you know, forecast something that I have no idea about. But it was nice to see basketball. It's nice to see many sports up, actually. But then watching them play for the championship as a Laker fan, I could not help but think that Vanessa Bryant, Kobe Bryant's wife, was watching. And this is how we are. It's weird how things kind of connect all of us. Walk with me through this just for a second mentally. So I'm watching it from Houston. I'm watching a team that I've rooted for since I was a kid. I was born in Detroit. Like, yeah, it was cool to see the Bad Boys Pistons wins. But I was also, I became a fan because of Magic Johnson, No Looks, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Skyhook. That was my shit. But watching them and being a fan and then seeing the Lakers jersey, it just struck me. It's a lady that's close, that's even closer to the team that is experiencing unbelievable amount of hurt watching it. Because her husband that played for the organization for 20 years was taken away. And her daughter that loved the game like her father was taken away at the same time. So it made me even more grateful for the championship. It made me appreciate their talent more. Not in a put them in a up on a pedestal type appreciation, but just be thankful that I'm able to see it. Because even though I'm experiencing it in a pandemic or through a pandemic lens, meaning we don't have fans like live fans there and hear the crowd going crazy and the different coverages and like the after game and you can't even hear the interviewers ask the players questions because the fans are so loud. I'm watching it happen in a pandemic, but Miss Mrs. Bryant, or I guess Miss now, but Miss Bryant is watching it and missing her husband and her daughter, which I cannot even begin to imagine how that feels. In our search for normal, there are there are many things that we can appreciate. And a lot of times it takes us taking a closer look at what is right in front of us. It happened for me with the game. It happens for me sometime when I'm even driving because there's 200 plus thousand people that died from a newly discovered disease. There's 200,000 workplaces or families that are affected that just lost someone that they'll never get back. There's an entire country of people trying to figure out how to deal with the new normal in our own individual ways. Essential workers working where they may not know if they have a job because many places are filing bankruptcy, like gyms are closing, um, Cap Street Comedy Club closed in Austin, been around for years. So take a look around. As easy as it is sometimes to realize how much is bad, make sure you take a moment to appreciate the good too. It's not always easy, but sometimes you just have to inhale 
then exhale. And yes, that goes with mental health. Yes, that goes with being very present. And it's not an easy thing to do all the time. Obviously, I don't want you closing your eyes if you're listening to this while you're driving. (laughs) But sometimes you just have to steal yourself and say, wow, things aren't quite like I want them. And hopefully you're working to get them like you do want them. And hopefully things will get back for the things that are far out of our control. Hopefully those things will get back to some semblance of normal soon. Change. But give your mind a break, because there is good to be seen. There's things to be thankful for. And I'm thankful for you listening. This has been an episode of Keys to Gems podcast. Of course, this is your host, Lono So, and I'll see you next week. Heard y'all tearing up shit out there, kicking up dust, giving a motherfucker.